All right, everybody. Man, I'm glad you guys are out here today. You guys are a great-looking crowd, even all the way in the very, very back back there. Wow, you guys have found some shade. People are all hunkered down, uh, ready ready to uh, enjoy the rest of our worship service here together. Hey, I got an assignment for you, though. Before we go too far, what I want you to do is a little bit of a social media blitz, all right? So if you would, please, pull out your phones, right? Pull out your tablet or whatever. I want you to quickly snap a picture you know, of, uh, of right around you. That's right. Just go ahead, pull out your phone, stand up. If you want to snap a picture, I'm going to snap one right now. So everyone that's over in this part right here, wave. All right. Ready? One, two, three. I got it over here. Everybody give me your best face. You got, come on. All right. That's good. That's good. I would take a picture of you guys back there, but this was like colors all blended together. Uh, so yeah, take a picture, right? Or, um, or get on your phone, get on your Twitter account, your Facebook account, or whatever. Send out a quick blitz. Let people know where you're at today. Tell them you're at Harmon Park. Tell them you're with your church. All right. Tell them you're you're at Harmon Park with New Life Church. Wish you were here. All right. So send that out right now. I don't see a lot of people moving. I see a lot of people staring at me. Do we? Do you guys know what 3G is? You guys, some of you guys have 4G. Okay. All right. Does anybody know what Twitter is? How about Instagram? Facebook? All right, we have any old school MySpace people here? Don't even yell if you are. Don't, just don't even, don't even do it. It's not worth your time. It would be more embarrassing than anything else. All right, well, listen, my name is Jeff Baker. I am the lead pastor at New Life. Man, glad to have you guys with us today. Really want you to make sure your friends know what's going on because today they're missing out on a wonderful opportunity to be in the park. We're going to have a blast here today. Uh, we've got a lot uh, we got a lot going on. Today I want to talk a little bit about the power of your story, though. So to get started, let me just kind of jump in by saying, you know, when we were just little kids, we started, we started learning some pretty incredible stories. Any of you guys remember any of the nursery rhyme stories that, uh, that we were taught when we were little kids? All right, can you, can you just, can you like lean to somebody that you care about really quick and just start the beginning of it? All right? All right? All right, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing some. All right, how about the like, this is the one that freaked me out the most as a kid. The itsy bitsy spider. Why treat, why, what is that? Is that like torture to kids or something? The itsy bitsy spider. The whole time I'm like, I don't want the itsy bitsy spider. In fact, to this day, I'm still scared of itsy-bitsy spiders. And I think it has everything to do with that little story. Or how about this other story that we heard when we were kids? Jack and Jill to... F- right. Jack fell down. And Jill... Yeah. Oh, it, it's just... I don't know why the guy had to break his crown. I mean, he had a good thing going there, you know? He had a hill and everything, then he broke his crown. So we learned stories like that. Probably one of my more favorite little stories that I learned when I was a kid was Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. Come on, you guys are good. These guys are good right here. I don't know about you guys. You guys got this back? Are you guys with us? I didn't know if my voice was taking a long time to travel to you, and maybe that's the reason why. Maybe you're a little behind. You're still back on Itsy Bitsy Spider by the time it gets there. I got it. It's okay. It's a little. We have a little buffering going on, and that's going to be that's going to be fine. But now, when, from our early childhood, we learned those stories, right? Then stories started to become important to us. We started coming home from school, 
and wanting to look into the eyes of our mom or to our dad and tell them the story of what happened that day. You remember those stories? They were amazing stories. One of my stories probably went something like this. Hey, mom, 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 this is awesome. You're not going to believe this. Second grade. Man, we, Johnny and I, we were running around the playground and, you know, Johnny took the big soccer ball and he hit this girl in the head. And well, we just keep running. And um, he, he jumped up on the, on the swing set thing. And then he, he jumped off and he landed on my shoulders. And then I was carrying him mom, And then we went over to the apple tree and Johnny picked an apple down and then he bit it. And then I bit it. And there was a worm in it. And Johnny was like, Ooh, that's gross. And I was like, give me the apple. And I finished it. You know, you didn't have stories like that, did you? Some of you are wondering, should I even stay? It's really hot out. This guy's, this guy's a little off the deep end. But we use stories to tell our journey. When you were just a little kid, you learned how to tell a story. Some of you, though, you turned into the, the one-up story people. Some of you didn't quite learn the art of just telling a story letting someone else tell theirs, and just letting yours sit. And so for some of you, and you don't even know who you are, God bless you. You don't even know that you're a one-upper, right? You don't realize that you're the person that when, you know, everyone's talking about, well, hey, last weekend we went out to the lake, man, we spent the whole lake out there, uh, the whole weekend out there, and we were swimming. It was a blast. The water was perfect. It was, you know, you could almost see through it, and it was just, it was awesome. Well, the one-upper all of a sudden does this. Oh, yeah? Well, one day... One day we were at like the biggest lake ever and I was swimming and this great white shark came out of nowhere and he started to attack us and I hit him in the nose and he just disappeared. You're like, no way, that's impossible. Where were you at and what lake? You know the one-upper answer to that always is this, I don't remember. And you're like, come on, man, come on. It's that one, the one-upper. No one likes to be around the one-upper. But stories, stories have become important to us. In America, I mean, how many billions of dollars are spent hearing stories when we go to the movie theater, right? Have you been to movie theater lately to see a movie that told a story? Yeah, absolutely. America, we love it. We love it. I went to a movie a few months ago and then just rewatched it um, for uh, just a couple of cents, but it was Lone Survivor. Now, this, you just need to know something. I'm not up here recommending the movie. Um, in fact, if you, if you prefer a movie that drops the F-bomb about every other second, then that's probably the movie that you want to watch. It's not really my kind of, it's not my kind of movie when it comes to the language. It's definitely my kind of movie when it comes to the fact that they told this incredible real-life story of special ops, some Navy SEALs who went on a, on a special ops mission, and everyone dies except for one guy. That's why it's called Lone Survivor. I don't think I'm giving anything away on the movie. That's the, that's the title of it. In that movie, I laughed, I cried, and at the end of it, I almost kind of like wanted to stand up and wanted to applaud those, those people that gave their lives that day, those heroes who went into battle that day, whether it was to accomplish the mission or it was to save, save one of their own, their, own, uh, their own buddies, their own friends, their own brothers. They, they gave their life that day, and it, kinda, it made me super proud to be an American. It made me proud to say that today, on this weekend, we celebrate the 4th of July because there was an independence that came because people just like those guys were willing to give their lives for a freedom that they were dreaming for and hoping for. And that's the freedom that you and me get to get to cherish today. So if you have ever served in our, in our armed forces, if you've ever found yourself in a place of battle, 
If you've ever put yourself into harm's way by just signing on the dotted line and going, I'll be part of one of our major military forces that I just want to say to you today, I honor you. And I thank you for all of your service and for everything you've done in giving us the freedom that we cherish today. But as I watched that, I was reminded of the power of a story. How they could take a movie and they could tell the story of a real life scenario that made you feel somewhat like you were there. But the greatest story that you and me will ever tell in all of our life will be the story of how Jesus Christ became the center of our lives. That's the greatest story that you have. You could have a story just like Lone Survivor. I'm telling you, although it's a good story and it's one to be honored, the greatest story and the greatest story to be honored is how Jesus Christ became the center of your life. The psalmist in Psalm 71, he said it this way. Psalm 71, verse 15, if you got your U version out, I've got all of these notes right there for you to be able to follow along with me. He says, I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not even skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. Oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things that you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this, this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. That's a powerful principle. Every single one of you have a spiritual story that needs to be told in some capacity or another. And every single one of you are creating the future of that story every day that goes by, every hour that goes by, every minute that goes by. So are you like the psalmist in 71? Will your story proclaim the saving power of Jesus? If you told your story right now, would it proclaim the saving power that Jesus brought you out of darkness? He brought you out of a sinful life. He brought you out of a life that had no hope. And he put you in a, in a position where you could have a relationship with the one true living God who created all things and who designed a way for you to have a relationship with him. Would your story proclaim his saving power today? Is your story being told to others? The psalmist says, I want my story to be told to everyone. I even want it to be told to the next generation. Is your story being told to others? Or are you keeping the greatest story of all time locked up inside of you? When was the last time that you opened your mouth up and you let someone else hear the story of how Jesus radically transformed and saved you? When was the last time that, that happened? Is your story being told to others? And are you using your story to impact the next generation? That's one of the things that the psalmist said. He goes, oh God, let me make sure that my story gets, gets impacted to the next generation. Let me leave a legacy for my children and for my grandchildren, for, for their grandchildren to hear. We don't have to have your story like the little nursery rhyme, rhymes that we started with as kids. But will your story be told to your great-grandchildren? Will your story even be told to your grandchildren? Will your story even live on in your own children's lives? Well, today, today I know one thing about God. God wants to redeem your past and turn it into a powerful weapon of victory for your future. God wants to take all the wickedness of your past, 
pack it into one amazing story and have you tell it for generations to come. That's one thing I know about God because that's who God is. But how will your story be told in the future? How will you be known? What will your legacy be? There's three different stories I want to tell you very quickly about three different individuals found in the Bible. One of them is a young man who has it all. He's got all the money he needs. He's got all the wealth that he needs. He's got all the fame that he needs. He probably has, you know, all of the relationships that he needs, all the materialistic items that he needs. He's got good health. He's got great men around him. He's read the Old Testament as he had it at his day. And he's been following it to the T. He's been devoting himself to God in many different ways. And he comes to Jesus one day and he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to, I want to be one of your guys. Now, I don't know what his motive was. I, I don't know what that was all coming from, but that's what he said to Jesus. And Jesus looked him square in the eye and he told him, well, you're going to have to follow. You're going to have to follow the law of Moses, basically. You're going to have to follow the law. And he goes, oh, I do that, Jesus. I mean, you probably don't know who I am, but I'm known around these parts. I mean, people around me, they know me. I'm a good person. I do a lot of great, good things for a lot of good people. If that continues to happen, I just want you to pretend like that's just God, you know, showering the sky with thunder and lightning going, I I agree with Jeff, everything he says. And if it continues to happen, then maybe they'll give me a new mic. We'll see. But he says, he says to him, you don't know me. I mean, people around here, they know me. I've got my life put together. Then Jesus says one thing to him that kind of shatters his world. He goes, okay, if that's the case, then what I want you to do is I want you to go sell all your possessions and then come follow me. And it says that that rich young ruler, he walked away basically depressed because he couldn't find himself selling all that he had. Is that your story? Is that your story right now? Your story more like that guy where you're a good person. You do a lot of great things for a lot of people. A lot of people know your character. A lot of people know your name. You have a name of integrity that you would bend over backwards to help somebody. You would give your shirt off your back to help somebody. But when it comes to following Jesus, you just can't bring yourself to saying yes. If that's your story, it doesn't have to end like that. That man walked away thoroughly depressed. You don't have to walk away from this service with that kind of weight on you. But there's another group of people. We find it in John chapter 6. Pay attention to that. John chapter 6. We're six chapters into the book of John. That's not a long time. Jesus has a group of followers that are around him. He's got a large group of disciples, more than 12, that are following him. Jesus comes to this place where he's giving this teaching. And the teaching is so tough that day that his disciples, a large group of his disciples, in John 6... 66 say this to him jesus your teachings are too tough we're out of here man and a whole group of them pack their bags up and they leave they walk away from jesus maybe that's your story if your story is more like those guys you you once used to be a follower of christ you once had a home church you once found yourself in a relationship with god where you worshiped him you followed him You were giving all that you knew how to give to him. But then one day, the pastor got up and the teaching was just too tough for you. For you. Am I I still on, guys? Is there any way to fix that? 
because I don't mind taking a quick pause. These guys could fan themselves. That would be awesome. You want me to keep going? All right. Thank you. I apologize for that. Very distracting, isn't it? <laughs> the, um, these disciples, these guys left him. And I was asking you, is that your life? For some of you, you've abandoned God. You've left him because the teaching got too tough. You abandoned God and you left him because, well, someone offended you at church one day. Somebody did something to you. Some other person said something, did something that was even inappropriate. Something they should never have said. But for you, you let that sink into you, took a personal offense to it, and you went, I'm never walking back through those doors again. In fact, I'll never walk through the doors of another church again. That doesn't have to be the end of your story today. So if that's you today, I need to let you know something. New life is a safe place. It's a place where you can come with all of your all of your sin. You can come with all of your past and you can find a group of people that are going to love you just the way you are, love you right where you are, but love you enough not to leave you there. So today, your story doesn't have to end like that. You don't have to walk out of here, you know, one more time walking away from God. You can actually walk to God. But then there was the third guy. This guy was a tax collector. He was the collector of taxes. He sat at very important tables. He mingled with some of the most important people. He ate some of the most fine meals. He had power. He had freedom. He had the ability to do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. He had a lot of money. He had all kinds of things. He had almost everything that you could dream of except for the fact that a lot of the common people hated him. But then one day, as he was sitting at his table collecting taxes, one guy walked by and said to him, come follow me. That man was Jesus. And he was speaking to the man by the name of Matthew. Matthew packs up all of his tax collecting monies and he quickly decides in his heart, I'm leaving this behind to have something that's great. I'm leaving this good life behind to have something that is greater. I want my story to be something that's great. And Matthew that day found a relationship with Jesus Christ. And his life was transformed and changed. Is that your story? Because if that's your story, then your story needs to be told over and over and over again. If you're like Matthew and you found a relationship with God where you've given him everything that you have, you've submitted everything to him and you're living for him, then let the world know. Tell the world that Jesus is alive. Be like the psalmist in Psalm 71 and go, Oh God, may I proclaim my story to the next generation. May I proclaim the good news of Jesus to all that would hear me. God, may you allow me to do that in my last days. So I ask you today, what is your story? Today, in just a few minutes, you're going to see 19 people proclaim a new chapter of their story. As they get baptized in water. But before we do that, I thought that you might be interested in hearing maybe about three different people and three of their stories about how they've been brought to this place and what God's done in their life. These, these are people that are part of our family. These people belong to new life. Would you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Stephen Lachenyavong. Come on out, man. Grab that mic, buddy. <laughs> Hey, jump out here with me, man. Hello. 
All right. It's on. You made it. Sweet. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Stephen, listen, it's a blast having you in here, man. Uh, here, here at our church, having you here with us at this service today. Because you actually, when you were a teenager, you were part of my, uh, my youth group when I was the youth pastor at New Life. And that's, that's been how long ago? Like 20 years? Oh. No, I'm just joking with you. No, it's been about 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. All right. That is making me feel old. I got it. <laughs> I got it. But that also makes you 10 years older too. So welcome to the club, buddy. Um, all right. So you were part of the youth group. I would like to say that my record as a youth pastor was that everybody who was in my youth group just continued to stay passionate after Jesus. But I know your story. These people don't. And your story didn't go that way. You found, you found that your story, your spiritual journey kind of you drifted. And I was wondering, you know, after, after those times in, in that youth group, experiencing God and having those moments of worship with him, um, you know, can you just tell me, like, what was, uh, what was your life like during those, those days of that self-independence, those days when you kind of drifted away from the truth of, of knowing Christ? Um, it all started, you know, as I graduated high school, I got hardcore into like partying and I turned into a really big meth addict. So I, I hit rock bottom and I didn't know what to do. So I completely shunned him out of my life because I, I hit that bottom mm. and I didn't think he was actually there with me. So, Wow. That's a pretty hard bottom to hit, man. It's a pretty, for some people out here, they're, they're already in their hearts overwhelmed with the fact that you're even standing up here just by, by that. But that's not, that's not where it ends. You know, what I really want to know from you is what happened in your heart that made you come back and find Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior again? What happened there? Well, I found Savannah here. Uh, we're having a baby girl, and that all just made reality. It, it hit me hard. And, you know, a wise man once told me, in order to be a good father, you got to be a godly father. So... And now that I'm, we went through that red letter revolution, like through that whole thing, it just hit me. I, I, I couldn't tell you one service. I didn't cry. Wow. God, this was getting a hold of your heart, huh? Yeah. It's awesome. So here's this baby that's on the way and this responsibility of being a father. And you're going, how am I going to lead this family of mine in, with my life and the condition it was in? Is that basically what you're saying? Yep. And so you stumbled back through the doors of new life. Yeah. Into the red letter revolution? It was like home. It, it, I came back home. Really? Yeah. And so somewhere during the red letter revolution, you just kind of said, God, I want you to be the Lord and leader of my life? Yep. Who, who better of a, a father figure than God? Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Why don't you tell me this then? Why, why are you choosing to get water baptized today? I want to walk hand in hand. I want to I give myself as well as he's been given himself to me. I want to serve him, you know? Yeah. I think you were telling me, you may have been the one telling me, I don't remember, but you're, you're kind of looking at this thing as like a, this is like part of your fresh start, huh? Yeah, definitely. Slate's getting wiped clean. I, I get to live my life happy and bright. Right. So talk to me about your future. You know, having recommitted your life to Christ, having Christ at the center of your life, what is this hope? What is this dream that you're dreaming for your future? Um, you know, since the skate park here north of us yeah. is almost done, it'd be, like, really cool if we did, like, a skate ministry, got a whole bunch of these kids together, and we just skated for God, you know? Yeah. 
He's given us that talent to go push ourselves doing something dangerous. It's a skateboard. <laughs> the adrenaline rush of the skateboard, right? Definitely. But I remember you in youth group, man. You would show up with a skateboard. Even with my car. Even, Even when I was driving. <laughs> right. You I'd still, still show up with the skateboard. That's just part of who you are. So part of the hope inside of you is figuring out how to take now Jesus living in you and share it with others, with other people that might be in the same old past that you're in or could maybe help even avoid that and find a relationship with God. Is that what you're saying, man? Definitely. I would, I would love to start with, like, kids. Yeah. You know, I'm, there's a lot of kids in this town, you know, everywhere in the U.S. that are just going through broken homes, uh, just a huge struggle, living poor and... You know, they're at that rock bottom. They don't know what to do. So they're going to turn to drugs or they're going to turn to something, alcohol. And like, let's try to get off of that. Let's let's bring them at a skate park. Let's take them out fishing. Let's go do something. Well, I'll tell you what, that's been your journey. And one of the things that I believe God loves to do is he loves to redeem our past. He loves to take the messed up, screwed up days of our past and just kick the devil in the teeth in the future by allowing the Jesus in you to impact others around you. So I'm proud of you, Stephen. And I'm excited today to be baptizing you, all right? I'm, I'm super excited. Awesome. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, Stephen, Stephen's just one. Um, I want to introduce another one to you. Her name is Brooke uh, Butterfield. Would you please welcome Brooke Butterfield? Yeah. Very good. Brooke, come on out here. Nice to have you here. Man, look at all these people. All these people are staring right at you, and they're wanting to hear your story. So no pressure. No, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just look at me, all right? Look at me, and let the sun melt us both up here, right? Because look at them sitting in their nice shade, and look at us standing in the sun. Yes. Right, exactly. Uh, Brooke, listen, let's just talk a little bit about your story. Let's, Let's catch people up really fast on who you are. Can you just tell us really quick, what is the status of your life right now? Where are you at in life? What's really going on? You know, what's happening around you? Um, I am a student at UNK. I'll be a sophomore next year. I live at home in North Platte um, with my mom and my two little sisters. I have an older sister. Uh, she moved to Washington with her husband. And um, just kind of yeah. live in summer. And um, <laughs> I found new life uh, with my friend. We were kind of searching churches when I first came to Kearney. And it was kind of one of those things where we're going to go here, we're going to go there. And then um, we went to New Life first, and we said, I told them, I said, you know, you can explore more, but I'm staying here. Um, and it not only completely changed my life, but um, made me want to wake up to something every single day because I started in my journey the first day I went to New Life. So, wow. um, yeah, I'm excited about the one opening in North Platte. Um, yeah. So when I go home for the summer and then when I go home during the weekend, I will for sure um, – all our whole family will be going there. So wow, your advocate. whole family—that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's good. So. I like that, man. You're helping already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will be there. Wow, wow. So help us understand: How did you really come to have a relationship with Jesus? You said you walked through the doors of new life, but how did you really come to a point where you said Jesus is going to be my leader and my Lord? Yeah, um, I grew up in an alcoholic family, um, and. Everybody, you know, there's tons of people that go through the same thing, but I think everybody has their own story. And I think that everybody, all the factors are different for every single person. And when you sit down at the end of the day and you don't have God in your life, there is no counselor, there is no caseworker, there is no random family member, there is no parent, there is no anybody that can say the right thing to make you feel that it's going to be okay, but he can. 
um, God absolutely can. And I think it is until then that you find him that you, it's hard. I mean, you can't do it alone. And I think by being so broke and so hurt by some things, you just feel you're like, there's nothing, there's going to be nothing. I'm going to keep living this life (laughs) and there's nothing coming up. And, um, as soon as I went to new life, it completely changed. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, I was baptized when I was nine and 10 years later, I went, probably walked in church doors five times after that. And so I didn't know, you know, no one, I just was like, okay, I'm in church and there's a God, but I don't feel him. And when you finally end up feeling him, it's just, it's completely different than just saying you're going and you're doing this. And, uh, I can be happier where I am. Well, I, I love to hear that. I mean, that, those are the kind of stories I live for, you know, maybe help these guys, maybe just take one little snapshot out of that journey that you've been on so far. What's been, what's been one of the most exciting parts of your spiritual journey of discovering a relationship with Christ? Absolutely. My mom's sobriety. Um, this time, I mean, there's always been times where, you know, um, God is there with us, but until we all come together as a family and realize that there's, I mean, it's not all there, not all the pieces are there. And this time, um, just so many events have happened where if it wasn't for God, we, you know, it wouldn't, we would not have happened the way it did. And there's so many situations that have come about and, you just think, all I can do right now is pray, and he answers every single time. And I, it might not be what you want. It might not uh, might take you on a different path, but right. every single time. Wow. Well, so it sounds to me like you you got a smile on your face up here for all the people that are a long ways away. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're excited about what God's doing in your life. And it's, it's obvious to, to see. So yes. let's, let me ask you the big softball question then, right? Um, why, why, why get baptized today? Um, I think it's uh, a step for me because I have come so far, but I have so much to go. But to start here and not only to start fresh, but to continue this journey um, to serve him and beyond that, to serve my community, to serve my family, to serve my friends, to just continue on my life with him. Um, yeah. I think this is a good starting point for somebody who, you know, hasn't had a lot. And then you come here and you're like, this is giving you motivation and you want to keep going. Right. And you also get to proclaim to the world today, Absolutely. not only these that are here, but you know everybody that 's kind of a public pronouncement of the fact that man Jesus has transformed your life oh, yeah. that's that 's awesome so i ended I ended with Stephen I asked him what 's your hope? what is your dream what do, what do you see God doing in your life today what 's that going to translate to in the future what, what do you, How do you really see what god 's doing in your life today impacting your future um, if there 's an example, I for sure see mission trips coming up but more so wherever he takes me. I know that he has a plan for me to continue in every aspect of my life, and I'm going to do more than listen to him, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to continue to go wherever that is, um, serving people, serving myself, continuing, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm just going to continue to follow him. There's I think no it's awesome. Way. Brooke, I'm excited for you. I'm glad God brought you here, and I'm glad that you're living out in North Platte. Yes. You're going to help us grow yes. both locations, right? Yes, absolutely. We'll share your testimony more. Thank <laughs> you, Brooke. Awesome. Thank you. Well, man, that's, that's just a couple of them. I want to end it with a pretty phenomenal uh, testimony. Those have been great testimonies as well. I want to finish it with one more. And would you please welcome Shane Bittner out here to the stage? Good, Shane. Good. Have a stand right there, buddy. Shane, listen, man, there's a, there's a lot about your story uh, that we're going to try to share in just a matter of a couple of minutes. So um, can, you, can you just tell us, I mean, today today's a pretty unique day, right? Um, something you're going to, you're getting baptized, but your whole family is getting baptized. Where, where's your family at? Can you introduce them really quick to us? Um, yeah, they're right down here in front of us. Um, 
Oh, they're right they're, here? Yeah, they're waving their arms. Oh, they're stuff waving right their there. arms. Yep. Okay. Right All there. right. Very good. They're not just trying to create wind for others. Okay. All right. That might, that might be what they're doing. Uh, now, today, Shane, just tell us really quickly. Everybody, when they, when they look at Jeff Baker, they look at Shane, you know, they, they see us up here on stage, and they, they might instantly think, well, man, these guys have their lives all put together, you know? But you guys have been going through some difficult challenges. What have been some of the challenges that you and your family have been facing lately? Um, you know, what, have been, what, what are some of these things that have really been weighing on you? Some of the things you've been having to pray about, you know, walk through together. What have been some of these massive challenges you guys have been facing lately? Um, I think a lot of the challenges have been, um, kind of like, well, starting with myself, we'll say, um, it's been about four or five years ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and everything else like that. And after having my thyroid removed, the lymph nodes and the treatments that they gave me and stuff, well, two or three years after that, then um, I was diagnosed with leukemia. It's a CML, it's chronic myeloid leukemia. There's 19 different types of leukemias out there, but... Um, this is the one that I have. And of course, they always say if you're going to have a cancer, you probably got one of the better ones and stuff like that. And in the same token, our youngest one, Jacob, he was born with a, they call it a reflex type of problem. And uh, what happens is when we go to the bathroom and stuff, um, we drain everything out. But with him, he drains only half of his urine out and then the rest of it flushes back up into his kidneys and everything else like well, after a period of time, there's so much urine and and waste up there in his kidneys. They just keep getting more and more dilated and everything like that. And um, just over the years and stuff like that, he's had, I think, eight or nine surgeries. And within the last two or three years, one of them was 11 hours long, and the other one was like seven and a half hours long. Wow. You guys have been facing some pretty hefty things that a lot of families just look at and they go, well, one, one medical problem, that's one thing, but then compound that, you know, with two, and then, and then other people in the family get sick randomly and all that kind of stuff. Now, in the midst of all that challenge, Shane, somehow Christ has found his way to the center of your heart and the center of the heart of your family. And can you just tell us how long has God been at the center um, of, your, of your life? Can you just help us understand that? Well, I, you know, I think for us as a whole family and everything else that, you know, and I think everybody out here can understand just when there's either one person or four people in your family that is ill or sick, I mean, that affects your whole family and your friends and everything else. Like, there's a lot of people that go through the pain and suffering that you're going through. You're just not yourself, you know, and as a family have come together, you know, to get baptized because... I mean, that's the way we pull through it together as a family and stuff like that just as well with our church family and our friends and stuff that have came here to watch us get baptized today. Yeah, right. So your whole family is getting baptized today. Everybody has come at different times. I think you said your wife, um, you know, just basically found Christ at like age 29, yeah. something like that. And your kids are, your kids have, you know, accepted Christ as a Lord and Savior. Today's a unique day because... Your whole family's getting baptized, right? Yep. And you're going to get baptized first, and then you're going to join with Pastor Dean, and you're going you're to help baptize your entire family. Tell me about how that feels. Tell me about how special this day is to you and your family. Oh, I think it's very special. I think it's, you know, um, I think it's a, you know, just a, I can't even find the words to say what it's, you know, what, you know, what the, it's like and everything else like that. And, and like my wife and stuff, like you were saying, you know, 29, she had a, um, a phone call while she was at her folks' place, and uh, 
they called and said that her house was on fire and everything else like that. So in the meanwhile, um, she lost everything in wow. the house as well, except for the children, you know. Wow. The most important, the children got out. She lost everything else. And in the midst of that kind of devastation and all the struggles you guys have been through, you know, a lot of people would have turned their back on God. And a lot of people would have walked away. But you were telling me you have a hope for the future. You know, you're looking at today and you're going, today is a brand new start. Today is a day where we're proclaiming to the world that Jesus is the center of our lives. He's the center of our family. No matter what this world brings against us, we're not turning our back on Jesus. And for that, Shane, we as a church family couldn't be more proud of you and your family. And we bless you today. And we're excited to celebrate with you today. Amen? Amen. Can I say one more thing? Right on. Yeah. Hey, I was going to um, also say, too, I don't know. A lot of you probably seen that movie Facing the Giants and stuff like that. Well, there's a, a saying in there that says, if you accept defeat, then that's what you will get. Thank you. Okay. There you go. Thanks, man. So today, today the, the thing really comes down to this. You've heard three stories in the Bible that ended three different ways. Two of them ended up away from God. One of them followed God. You just heard three stories from people at New Life. All of them come from different backgrounds, from different scenarios, from different depths. They, are, they deal with different challenges. Some of them, you know, could easily just have turned their back on God and pointed their finger to God and said, God, if you bring all this hellishness on me, why should I follow you? Others had every right just to stay down in the muck and into the junk of their life and stay in the drugs and the alcohol. Could have stayed there, but chose to say there's got to be a better way. And another, another one in Brooke, who, you know, here's a girl who was introduced to Jesus early on in life and then comes back and accepts Christ as her Lord and leader, not because anyone else tells her to, but because she feels God calling, calling her himself, herself. What's your story today? How will your story be told? How will people know you? Where are you at with your relationship with God? Today, can your story, like the psalmist said, proclaim the saving power of God? Or is your life absent of that? So today, what I want you to do is, I want to invite you to stand with me, if you would, please. And all across this, this, uh, this park, for all of you that can hear my voice, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to let your story be forever changed today. You can change, you can alter your story By simply saying, I want Jesus to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I don't want my story to end up messed up. I don't want my story to end the way it is right now. If my life ends just the way it is right now, my life ends short of its full story. It ends hopeless. It ends in despair. It ends in depression. That's not where your life has to end. Your life can end with joy. Your story can start again today. It can end with peace. Your story can start again and it can end with hope. You heard so many people tell you about how their lives were changed. Now my challenge to you is, are you living that kind of story? And are you proclaiming it to the world? So what I want to invite you to do is, if you would with me, in the beauty of everything that we're experiencing here, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And I want you to focus in on what is your story like right now? Is Jesus the center of your life? Is Jesus the leader? And is he really your Lord? 
And if he's not the leader, and if he's not your Lord, then today you can make him leader and Lord. What I want to do is, I want to have the, I want to have the opportunity to pray with you concerning that. But to pray with you, I need to know who you are. So just like these folks that are bold today, 19 of them proclaiming Jesus as their leader and Lord. Today, you have the same opportunity to proclaim him as leader and Lord. Yeah, maybe you're not going to get water baptized, but you got to make that first step like all of them did. you got to step out and it's time to say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. So today, all across this great park, while heads are bowed and people are praying, you're here and you're saying, Jeff, I want my story to be forever changed. I want my story to proclaim the good news of Jesus. I want my life to proclaim the hope that's found in Christ. And what I want you to do is I want you to look up at me and I want you to raise your hand so I can see who you are. Because I want to take an opportunity to pray with you. Yeah, I see you guys down here in the front. I see all three of you down here. I'm just looking around. Just If I can't see you because of the tree, then, then move out of the way of the tree. I got you. I see you. I see you guys. Yeah. What's your story like? You want your story to be the same as it is right now? You want to walk out of here discontinuing it the way it is? Or do you want to change your story? And if I can't see you and you've raised your hand, then then please make sure I can see you because I want to be able to pray with you. Yeah. Anyone else? You sense God saying, I want your story to change. I see you, ma'am, right there through the tree. See you. I want my story to change, Jeff. I want Jesus to be at the center of it. Right on. Well, today, yeah, gotcha. Today, can we just all pray together? And as I lead us in prayer, those of you who raised your hand right now, you need to know something. To change your story is as simple as to confess to the Lord and say, God, my life's been screwed up. It's been messed up. But I want you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. Will you forgive me of my sins? And will you come into my heart to stay and to live forever? And as I pray, I want you, those of you that raise your hand, I want you to pray that prayer with me. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we come before you right now, we know that, Lord, you transform lives. You're in the, you're in the, the business of transforming lives, changing us, making us into the people that you want us to be. Lord, in this park today, we've, we've heard the stories of people that live in 2014, that are young and older, that have faced all kinds of struggles and have pushed through it all to say, I want Jesus to be the leader of my life. And Lord, there are those here today that have raised their hand and they're saying the very same thing. Lord, on this July 6th morning in Harmon Park, that today I want my story to change. I want from this day on for Jesus to be the center of my life and not just an innocent bystander. Lord, may you transform them, may you change them, may you meet them right where they're at, and may they know without a shadow of a doubt that Lord, you love them, that you gave your life for them, and that their story is forever changed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that raised their hand that they would have the fortitude, they would have the strength, they would have the spiritual integrity to live the challenge that they felt in their heart. Lord, we bless them this day. I bless this congregation this day, God. And I ask that the stories that are in this park, the incredible stories that are in this park of Jesus changing and transforming their lives, that, Father, their, their stories would be told 
They'd be told in a powerful way in the day we live. They'd be told to their children. They'd be told to their children's children that the legacy of their life would be passed down in the testimony of God being the center of their lives. And through that heart, may you continue to grow our church one person at a time as one person decides that their story has to be changed and that their life has to be centered around Jesus. Today, we celebrate you, God. Today, we celebrate the lives you're transforming. Today, we choose to celebrate the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen? Jesus, the center of our lives. Jesus, the transformer of our stories. Can you give God praise right now with me? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, today we're going to continue on in our worship service. Our team's going to be leading us in some songs. And there's like 19 people that are going to get baptized right over here. we got a big celebration going on here at New Life today. And so we're getting ready to do a great celebration. If you're not, if you're not already up here and you're getting baptized, you need to make your way right over here quickly. All right? Because as soon as I get done, the worship team's kicking it off and we're going to start baptizing people left and right. Water's going to be flying everywhere. And now you're thinking like, I want to get rebaptized. Yeah, well, maybe another day. All right? So anyways, listen, why don't you put your hands together with us? Would you worship with us? Would you celebrate with us as person after person gets baptized? You can follow along with us. For the most part, it's in the right order in your bulletin. And you can follow along with us. God bless you. And uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll wrap up this service. Why don't you worship with us?